show where you call in with your medical problems and we diagnose them. Your sexy medical problems, that is. And now here are the podcast hosts who, much like a needle fetish, will either turn you on or completely freak you out. Allison Goldberg and Jennifer Jamula. Hi guys, I'm Jen. I'm Allie. Welcome to Two Girls, One Podcast. As you all know, Allie and I are performers who had a show called Blogologs, a live comedy show where we use the internet as a script. Then we finally got to meet the people behind the posts in our web series, Two Girls, One Show. And now we're working with The Daily Dot and Matt Silverman to do Two Girls, One Podcast, where we do interviews with people behind internet communities and phenomena that we find very, very fascinating. We're happy that you're here. Um, We hope you're all well right now and healthy. And today is a little bit about health in a way, right? What's going on? I'm so excited about today's interview. And I know we say a lot, but this combines everything we love. This is like the 2G1P coronavirus special. Like we could not have found a better interview for the times that we're in. It's just, it's about fetishes it's about helping people <laughs> that's right i love it so <laughs> so okay did you guys sent- see that news article which news article okay now i was talking to our listeners oh <laughs> and that, edit that out okay when you're speaking to the listeners address the listeners say listeners colon did you see because then jen won't know listeners colon did you that's see how most podcasters do it the news article about the medical fetish community that donated their PPE to the cause. We are interviewing them today. Medfet. Oh, sorry, medfetuk.com. It's a medical fetish company in the UK. Um, and as Ali said, they donated their entire stock of disposable scrubs to a hospital. And they, they, you know, they've been contacted by very desperate health officials in their country and they've tweeted out some interesting thoughts about all of this that we want to talk to our guest about who works for MedFet. I had said to Matt before we started that I wasn't very familiar with medical fetishes before, but I did play doctor as a kid. So now it all makes sense. Um, I don't know. Do you guys... <laughs> uh, Ali, what did you know about medical fetishism before this episode? I, the only thing I knew was real, Rule 34. You know, if it exists... Is this porn of it, you know? And actually, I knew that there was coronavirus porn a couple weeks ago, like early when this struck. Because (laughs) uh, my friends know that I'm a freak. So like multiple people sent me this Vice article about how there's coronavirus porn on Pornhub. Wow. Did you watch it? Yeah. No, I didn't watch it. But I I read a summary. (laughs) I read a summary. Why didn't you watch it? (laughs) I don't. Because you guys don't like more of a voyeur. I just read a summary. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, interesting. It's like some guy in like a full hazmat suit, and then like he whips his just just his dick out and starts getting head or something. <laughs> That's not safe. Yeah, that his is not dick's CDC gonna get approved. corona. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. Although uh, really, getting a blowjob is just a long hand wash. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> Never thought of it that, that way. Overboard? I don't know. <laughs> just, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, sorry. Quick, uh, quick thing. Our lawyers are calling, and we just need to say we are not a source of medical or professional advice for anyone ever. For Thank any, you. any, we're not Please. a source of advice on any, any topic, really. No, any topic no. yeah. whatsoever. Don't listen to us. Always fact check us. <laughs> yes. Don't listen to us. Tune out. <laughs> Please proceed in spouting your nonsense. Thank you. But have you guys checked out medfetuk.com yet? I mean, of course, I know Ali has, but yeah, Matt, have you like, yeah. d- dug in there? I love that the coronavirus unearthed this new fetish for us. <laughs> well, <laughs> but here's what I'm expecting to hear. And, and you guys have been done a bit more research than me and looking forward to our guest today. But like rule 34, of course, not surprised by anything, but... I I assumed that this was this is very very common because there's always been this sort of like the nurse coming to take care of you the sexy nurse has been a trope for a, a billion years and also 
we've heard this in uh, adult babies and also uh, furries, I think, of like these roles of caregivers or the or these characters who are comforting then become uh, sexualized later. And so, again, speaking completely out of turn, that is what I expect to hear. I expect this is very widespread and not a sort of rule 34, can you believe it? I think this is super common, but we'll see. But here's, totally. the, here's where Matt is being so, so young and naive, even though uh-huh. he's older than us. Uh, I'm a <laughs> baby. Day. Uh, so, okay, I think that's like, you know in furries how like some people just like to wear their suit and go to dance parties and some people like to fuck? That's what we're looking at. I think nurses are the really vanilla part of the fetish. Then I think there's uh, stuff around the um, like medical tools and like there's like an anal yeah. speculum and uh, there's like needle yeah. play. I mean, it gets fucking crazy. I can't wait. But this episode is also about helping people. I know. I was going to say, we want to focus on like the news story that's been out recently about them helping well, we want, hospitals we focus on both. in Britain. But we do also <laughs> want to find out more about this. I was going to make a joke how this is like the fusion of us where it's like, I'm all about the fetish and then Jen's like the better person. And like, that's this episode today. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I definitely would have watched the coronavirus porn if I knew it existed. So I'm send it to a you. better person. I don't know. Please do. I think it's blowing up now. I think there's like too much to choose from Jen. So you and Adam can just browse. <laughs> Take a look and decide what role playing you want to do. Wow. So, Ali, I know. So this might be a sidebar that we want to take out. I'm not sure. But I know you found some tweets to MedFet following their tweet. Oh, great. So first of all, should we read MedFet's tweet? I I Uh, think it could be helpful to just say what they said. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll summarize. MedFet tweeted out, today we donated our entire stock of disposable scrubs to an NHS hospital. It was just a few sets. We don't carry large stocks, but they were desperate. So we sent them free of charge. Um, And then they go on to just say, when you see somebody in the government saying the NHS is getting what it needs, it's a lie. We've been contacted this week by representatives of NHS procurement all over the country trying to source basic protective equipment and clothing. When we, a tiny company set up to serve a small section of the kink community, find ourselves being sought out as a last resort supplier to our national health service in a time of crisis, something is seriously wrong. And then it goes on for a little bit after that. Something else I love about that tweet is it kind of goes back to everything we talk about on this show where it's a really articulate tweet, right? So people's stereotype of these fetishists is that they're all like wild and crazy, but like, no, often they're like very smart, normal people. So I love how articulate that tweet is and how it makes such a great point that when the medical community community is so desperate i mean i i also wish we could like talk to the doctors who were like wait there's a fetish community we could <laughs> right. ask who, them who connected the dots yeah right love it. right yeah um, and then that guy's so, like i mean i don't i don't just i just i just heard about it. so it's not it's not me i just <laughs> so let's hear some of the comments and should we read them in british accents or is that offensive <laughs> no we should de- hold, hold yes we should really okay no we need to warm up all right oh, you start you start uh, excuse okay, uh, okay, i just, just i'm sorry i need to cancel both of you because if you're going to use british face on this show then uh i will not stand for it <laughs> okay yeah. no i need to I have a pretty good work. british accent I, I i also like to do all the cockney ones where you leave out all your letters i like that a lot but I, right, I why like don't you do it, cockney don't for the first no, one no but then also no you have to work on your your proper british accent i think all right uh, all right get to it <laughs> uh, i'm just warming up i don't think that this is any like let me set you up let me set you up all right hang on previously on the crown <laughs> Okay, this is absurd. I have absolutely nothing against the various fetish communities, but I would never have thought a fetish shop would be propping up the NHS. It's sad that you have to do it, and brilliant that you step up. This vanilla guy, oh, it's a guy, has some serious fetish respect. Now, this next one comes from Whores of Yore. All right. Oh, right, I forgot to, I got to credit it, right? That was um, at Soren M. S-O-R-E-N-M-R-I-I-S. We don't want to be like, fuck Jerry. Not that we're making any money off you, but that's who it is. All right. So Horace of yours says, you're so right. This shouldn't be happening, but well done, guys. You're absolute legends. I'll never buy my tri-pronged anal speculums from anywhere else. X. (laughs) Next we have, I love that. Yeah. (laughs) Go ahead. ahead. Next we have at Collingwood Phil. 
This is my new fetish. Not the medical stuff. I'm still hopelessly vanilla bordering on ace there. No, my new thing is socially responsible companies acting altruistically and speaking truth to power. More power to you, you sexy people. <laughs> what was my accent? I'm not even sure. <laughs> Let's give you a... We're going to do two more. These are short. At Han Han 44. That's amazing. Incredible work, <laughs> stepping up, and never a truer n- word spoken. Although I'm slightly disappointed to learn your scrubs don't have the ass cut out of them. Sorted out. <laughs> <laughs> Last but not least. Your accent choice is wonderful. This is Queen of the Willis, W-I-L-I-S. Going to develop a medical fetish after the pandemic ends just to buy stuff from you people. XO. <laughs> Lots of support on Twitter. <laughs> okay, I This brought up a term I had never heard in this context before, vanilla, meaning like yeah. you don't really have a particular fetish. You're just kind of doing the normal stuff, but respect to the non-vanilla Matt is so people. vanilla that. that he hadn't heard of vanilla. I'll be honest. Have you heard the term vanilla? I've heard it in other contexts, but not here. Oh, I definitely knew about okay. it. Yeah, okay. I might have as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is it trivia time? It's trivia time. Speaking of medicine, today's episode, of course, is about medical fetishes. Today's trivia is about the evolution of medicine itself. And I just want to take a quick moment here to thank who I presume is responsible for for all this. Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, that we live in the 20th and 21st centuries. Mm -hmm. Happy Passover. Where modern medicine is available because getting sick or wounded or, or hurt or disabled in any other time, going to the dentist in any other time in human history, fucking sucks shit. How true. Those medieval dentists were real bitches. <laughs> Bad news. I don't know. Do you think Agreed. a good, like, uh, leeching would cure my insomnia? I uh, mean, probably. give it a shot. You might as yeah. well. Honestly, if it would help, I'd do it. Let well, my blood out. I'm glad, I'm glad you mentioned that because I am going to give you three examples of doctors from eh, mostly the Middle Ages and the Renaissance who did some crazy messed up stuff uh, to diagnose their patients. Uh, these are all real things that doctors did. However, one of them actually worked. So the question for you is, which of these medical practices actually worked to diagnose a real illness? The other two are real practices that probably uh, maimed and killed people. So are you ready? Very excited. Ready. A, doctors would taste urine to determine if a patient had diabetes. Oh my God. That is A, and probably the topic of a whole other show. The start of a fetish, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's... That's not true, which means that Matt made it up, which means what the no, fuck no, just, is wrong I, Look, I would love, I would love to take credit for these. Just, just reminding you, all of these are real practices that doctor, doctors actually did. You're trying to identify the one that worked to diagnose the patient. So oh, doctors, <laughs> doctors tasted urine full stop, but did they, did, were they able to diagnose diabetes? So that's, that's really the question. So that's A, keep listening. B. Doctors would drill holes in people's heads to let demons out, which occasionally would stop a brain tumor growth. Hmm. Or C, doctors prescribed mercury to cure constipation. <laughs> oh, those poor people. Like pure mercury. Wow. Just doesn't, like swallow it down. Doesn't that kill you? Kill you. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Uh, I feel like drilling holes in the head. before you shit your brains out. <laughs> I'm going to go with... <laughs> It does I'm the trick. Go with B. <laughs> You're going with B. Drill in the holes. Like my to only let option the is B. Because what is that? Why would anyone uh, be like we should drink this urine? That's what we should do. Like I don't. Uh, I don't know. I drilling holes in heads is a, is definitely a practice. I don't know if it was for demons though. I'm just gonna go with A. Taste in urine. All right, Jen. Yeah. Jen picks the P. This <laughs> trivia was fantastic. <laughs> You're welcome. We will find out the real answer, the real correct diagnosis, when we return after this important commercial break. Hey, everyone. Hi. It's still us. (laughs) It's us again. (laughs) Look, right now is a pretty difficult time, especially for weird artists like us. That's correct. So now more than ever, uh, if you like the show, please visit patreon.com slash 2G1P. Uh, even if you just leave a dollar, that would be super helpful for us. 
um, because dollars add up to lots of dollars. That's what I learned at Yale. And I found out that my mother has been donating a dollar every month secretly. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. So why don't you join her? <laughs> so that's who furry lover for for twenty sixty nine is. I'm learning I so much about her every day. Yeah. 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 Okay. yeah. So we wanted to thank a few key people who've been supporting us for a while, and we wanted to shout them out on air. You too could get shouted out on air if you donate over ten dollars on Patreon. Uh, so thank that's you it, so only much. Ten. Ten dollars. Thank you so much to Chris Harrison, James Dozier. Jessica Fox and Melissa Elliott. Uh, we really, really appreciate your support. And they are all on the Discord server with a bunch of our other fans, uh, listeners, and us, and guests. So we would love to see you there as well. Discord.gg slash 2G1P. And patreon.com slash 2G1P. Thank you. Thank you. And now a real advertisement entitled Toilet Paper. One dollar. Koreatown. From the website where it's always a good idea to buy second-hand toilet paper, Craigslist. Bought 80 rolls of toilet paper out of desperation. Only need to keep 15. Selling the rest at cost. $100 divided by 80 equals 125 per roll buyer must pick up in Koreatown. Two ply toilet paper. Uh, um, it's good for wiping your butt. So, uh, yeah. Desperate times. I'm pissed because I just ordered a bunch of rolls like internationally and Koreatown is way closer. I definitely would have picked these up and cheaper than what I did. Definitely toilet paper available in the state that I'm in. Should I ship some to you? <laughs> yeah, you should have because I just yeah, ordered a bunch international? internationally. You, you don't want that international unregulated toilet paper. That's right. It's not safe. That's right. My hoo going to get a disease. <laughs> Speaking uh, of diseases. Okay. Yeah. Today's trivia was about three pretty crazy medical practices that were prevalent in the medieval and renaissance periods. Uh, two of them really uh, probably injured and killed people, and one of them actually worked. Your choices were A, doctors would taste urine to determine if a patient had diabetes. B, doctors would drill holes in people's heads to let demons out, which occasionally would cure a brain tumor. Or C, doctors prescribed mercury to cure constipation. So Jen said, Jen says A. Yes, 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 I went with that. Allie, you're going with B. Okay. The correct answer is A. What? Uh, doctors would smell and taste urine often. Uh, this is a, I guess, a science you would call, you that, that is known as uroscopy. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, there are very elaborate urine flavor charts that describe the sight, smell, and taste of urine. Uh, most of the time, medieval doctors were not diagnosing much of anything, but they could reliably taste a sweetness in urine to correctly diagnose diabetes. Uh, in 1674, an English doctor named Thomas Willis described diabetic urine as, quote, wonderfully sweet as if it were imbued with honey or sugar. Whoa. That is disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> Don't kink shame. I think it's cool. Yeah, someone definitely <laughs> had a kink. That's the only way that got started. Like, well, well how, yeah, how can did you imagine? Well, we could taste it. And the whole room goes silent. <laughs> They're all like, man, Dr. Jones, come on. Yeah, like, Dr. Just, Jones. <laughs> Well, I think it's time we learn more about unusual medical things that we don't know much about. So we're so excited to have our guest with us, our very esteemed guest. Everyone, please welcome Justin, the founder of MedFet UK. Welcome, Justin. Thank you. I'm not sure I've ever been called esteemed before. He's our esteemed <laughs> fetishist. We are so happy to have you here. That's right. So for those who are not familiar with MedFet, what is the company? Uh, well, we are a uh, retail company. We sell uh, all kinds of uh, medical equipment, clothing and supplies for people who uh, use them um, for their adult playtime, shall we say. 
Excellent. Can you elaborate on adult playtime? <laughs> yeah. Yes, uh, I can. People uh, use uh, uh, things for uh, medical role play. Some of them are very serious in about uh, being very uh, accurate in how they recreate uh, medical scenarios in their own home, and uh, others are more interested in sticking needles in each other and things of that nature. Definitely an element of uh, sadomasochism. Um, with a lot of our products. It covers a very wide range of activities. I wish you could have seen my face when you said sticky needles in each other because my jaw actually dropped as someone who hates needles and behaves like an eight-year-old at the doctor's. But also I love that you said that for some people they want it to be medically accurate. Like I love, just don't even tell me, like I love imagining that they're like doctors consulting on these role plays. You know, like the way like they'd have a consultant for like Grey's Anatomy and be like, oh, that wouldn't happen. You know what I mean? Anyway, I'll move on. Yeah, we will. We would love to hear more about the ins and outs of the fetish in a bit. But we've already filled she in our that audience on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we've already filled in our audience a little bit on the tweet uh, that you posted in response to the request for PPE um, and some of the responses that people had. Anyway, they're a little bit in the know, but we would love to hear in your own words what happened with all of that. Who contacted you and when? What was your response? What did you donate? We would love to hear the story from you. Okay. Uh, well, it, it is a it is kind of a crazy story. Um, we uh, the, 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 there's been issues with um, personal protective equipment PPE um, in this country, and I, I believe over there as well, um, and shortages of that yeah. um, for the health uh, professionals. We had an email. Uh, it's going back two or three weeks now. We had an email at the beginning of the week from somebody in the NHS asking if we had uh, clothing available, PPE clothing available. And we didn't, except for a very few pieces. We're, we're a very small business and we only keep a very small number of these things in, in stock at any one time. So they wanted, obviously, quite large quantities. Um, so that didn't go anywhere. But then as the week went on um, and as the uh, pandemic was ramping up, really, in this country, we started to get more inquiries and uh, on a friday morning we had one from a hospital which it was an email and it simply said urgently need disposable scrubs for hospital use so we replied and, and said what i've just told you basically we only keep a few in stock uh, we never have more than 25 sets of scrubs in stock and they immediately emailed back and says We'll just take whatever you've got. We we need them so badly, um, so we packed up what we had. It was only, it was literally a few sets, uh, and we sent them off, and we we sent them free of charge. And uh, I gave it some thought, and uh, thought this there's something wrong here, and uh, so I wrote a series of tweets, which explained what had happened and what I thought of the situation, um, without pulling any punches about. Uh, what I felt about what the government was doing in failing to provide that PPE to uh, the people that needed it. That is wild. Do you know how they found out about you? I don't, actually, no. Um, I guess they probably found us through a Google search. My fantasy is that one of the doctors is actually a medical fetish consultant, Well, and he tells is... people whether their role plays are medically accurate, and that's how he knew. <laughs> that, that is also possible. Uh, that's one of the things that... Uh, some of the replies to the tweets mentioned that, and some of the replies to the tweets <laughs> mentioned that uh, there might be some people in the government who might already be our customers anyway. <laughs> <laughs> We've already read some of the response tweets, so we were curious to know, what has the response off of Twitter been? Uh, really, most of the response has been amazing. It's People have, have just said, what a great thing you did, and... and uh, to be honest, I, I, I didn't see it like that. I, I, I replied to to some of the tweets and said, you know, you know, we we're not heroes. We, we just did the only right thing to do in that situation. You know, we're, the real heroes are the people who are on the front line doing doing the work. And we did a very small thing to help one hospital in the end. I love that this interview is so dirty and so beautiful at the same time. It's like everything I want. So are the tweets true that this move was so hot that now people are developing a medical fetish? I have. 
<laughs> well, I, I think the jury's probably still out on that one. Uh, it, it's certainly possible. I mean, you, you, so you, you may not realise you have the fetish until uh, until suddenly something triggers it for you and you, you think, oh, actually, that's kind of hot. That's how a lot of people develop things, you know, even if people are into one thing, maybe they're into being caned or, or flogged or whipped or something like that, but then... They might see something on the internet and think, oh, that's turning me on too. And then they might explore it. Interesting if what's currently happening is turning people on or turning people off. How how large roughly do you think this community is? That's pretty hard to say as well. I mean, it's, it's definitely a niche, um, but it does cover quite a lot of different things. So it's a, it's a sizable niche. I mean, if you look at uh, the website FetLife, for example, the groups on there, the medical fetish groups have hundreds to thousands of members, and and certainly our orders since we started two and a half years ago, we've sent our products to hundreds and hundreds of people in many different countries all around the world. Scandinavians are, are, are very into our products, we've noticed, um, and uh, the US and Canada is uh, certainly big market for us as well after uh, the UK. I'm so glad to know that fun fact about Scandinavia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the whole of Scandinavia as well. It's not centered in one country. Nor Norway, Sweden, Denmark. We have a, a lot of customers in those countries. And uh, please don't ask me why, because I have no clue. Well, they probably have a fantastic healthcare system, and uh, that's pretty hot. It's pretty sexy. Oh! <laughs> Maybe that's it. That could be it. Um, so we already started to hear a little bit about the fetish and what it is. What does it include? Um, I guess we would just love to know a little bit more about the types of equipment or medicine or different medical specialties that people get into. And if there are any subsets of the fetish, like I think you did mention BDSM before. Um, so like, are there crossovers with foot fetishists and things like that? Yeah, well, it, it, it certainly does cover a wide range. I mean, uh, I'll, I, I'll go back to needles, first of all. I mean, needles are obviously a, a piece of medical equipment, but they can be used in all kinds of ways. And the sadomasochistic element to that, there's also an artistic element to that because people produce amazing designs with needles on people's bodies. Um, and the needles themselves uh, all have different colours. Uh, depending on what size the needle is, each different size of needle has a different colour. So you can create designs and you can thread them with ribbon and and that kind of thing and, and produce quite beautiful works of art. Is it like tattooing? It's, well, the needle goes in and under the skin and then comes out again. So the needles range from less than an inch to four or five inches long. And they just go literally just under the skin and then through, and then they come out again. Um, like sewing? Kind of like sewing, yes. But once it goes in, because it has a plastic hub on one end, which is the color-coded hub, like the needle that you, that you get injected with in the doctors, uh, it just stops then. So you get about an, an inch of skin or less, which is underneath, and you've got the two ends of the needle, the pointed end, and the and the end with the colour-coded hub are on the either side of that piece of skin. I support you so much, and I am going to Google this later, but also I'm going to vomit a little. Um, <laughs> I want to know, like, uh, like Jen was talking about crossover, and I'm really curious, you know what I mean? Like, do foot fetishists, are they, like, really into podiatry? Like, how does this work? Well, that's not something I have personally heard of. But it certainly wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, and the, the, the crossover with BDSM is certainly clear when you talk about the power relationships, uh, because doctors are obviously authority figures, figures in, in positions of power, and, and nurses for that matter. And uh, so that power exchange where the person who, who's playing the doctor or playing the top role, if you like, has the power over the person who's the patient or the bottom role, um, certainly is analogous with, with the top and bottom and, and or the dominant and submissive roles in BDSM. The sadist and masochist, there's all kinds of ways of uh, inflicting the pain. I mean, there's medical staples as well as needles. You'll probably like that too. Yeah. <laughs> 
it's uh, the, the needles themselves. What they what will happen when you insert those needles under the skin is you get the release of the endorphins. So you can actually get a kind of endorphin high, like a runner's high, from that. And that masochistic pain element also releases those brain chemicals, which are uh, pretty cool. You heard it here. If you're at home alone during quarantine and you're experiencing some Feeling sadness, sad. needles <laughs> will increase endorphins. It's yeah. true. <laughs> So, Justin, how did you personally get into this, I guess, either the fetish or yeah, how did you start the company? Well, I came to it from uh, an interest in, in needleplay myself. Uh, that's probably why I'm talking so much about needles. Um, <laughs> my, myself and my partner were interested in, uh, in needleplay, but we struggled to find the bits and pieces that we needed, the uh, equipment that we needed to do that. We were ideally looking for a kit. Which would set us up, and, and we could we could have everything we needed delivered to us, um, and go from there. And we did find uh, one or two options, but they didn't seem that great. The websites weren't that great, so we decided to start Medfet basically so that we could sell kits to start needle play with. And so we worked out what we'd need to do to to do that. So we started with. The Needleplay Kits, um, which are our best-selling product, and uh, we added a few more things, and then we gradually added more and more products from there, and it's grown to what it is now with uh, over 250 products and 55 different kinds of needles alone. Is this a full-time job? It's uh, it's basically a full-time job, yeah. I mean, my partner works with, uh, with other clients doing d- different things as well. Um, she's the website expert. But uh, for me, this is basically my full-time job, yep. And something we saw on the website was Madam Lee Ying's Medical School. What is that? Yes, that's uh, unfortunately, that's something that's, that's sort of been put on hold uh, while we're uh, in the middle of the virus situation. Uh, Madam Lee Ying is a uh, fantastic and very well-respected uh, professional dominatrix. Uh, she's based in uh, London, UK, and uh, she's an expert on the uh, medical fetishist. Um, so we teamed up with her. We're collaborating with her uh, to produce some kind of uh, uh, instructional, educational uh, things which we can add to our website, um, how-to guides and, and safety guides and things of that nature. But unfortunately, we were sort of in the middle of working on that project when uh, the coronavirus thing really started to take hold um and we became extremely busy and uh we haven't been able to bring that project to fruition yet but uh, that's something that hopefully we're going to get back to and uh and bring online fairly soon we would love to hear a little bit more what else is there beyond needles what are what's the other tools and equipment that people are into um really the full range of things that you might see in in a medical situation obviously the clothing um, the, the scrubs that we mentioned before, the stocks of which we sent to the NHS, surgical gowns, that kind of thing. Gloves are, are a big, in fact, a fetish on its own. There are glove fetishists who really that's their thing. And the medical gloves, latex gloves and non-latex gloves for the uh, people who might suffer from latex allergies. And they come in every colour of the rainbow and different lengths. And so a big... Uh, a lot of people are, are very into the gloves themselves. Uh, there are people with specific dental fetishes, so we have a range of dental equipment as well. Um, and most of this is used for, for role-play scenarios, varying degrees of uh, complexity. Uh, some of the people who are producing content and videos and, and clips uh, are producing things in, in fully equipped medical rooms and, and producing amazing, wonderful material, which is all extremely accurate, but also might have a domination submission element to it. And you know, female, female domination is, uh, seems to be quite popular, the medical fetish with uh, the female domination, male subs and, and female doms or female subs and female doms. How are they getting access to these fully equipped medical rooms? And can they donate this, their sets <laughs> to the coronavirus cause? 
Those are not sterile. Okay. Do you know what goes on in there? They could sterilize them. <laughs> I've got some extra handy wipes. Well, you say they're not sterile, but actually the medical fetish community has known about uh, how to keep things uh, clean and hygienic for uh, a very long time. That's amazing. Yeah, I've been to a sex dungeon and it was like the most sterile place I've ever been. People were like <laughs> yeah. constantly wiping that shit down. <laughs> yeah, uh, but the, the, the medical people, I mean, especially the people who are, who are involved in this professionally, um, yeah, they, they take the hygiene very seriously and, and they know about uh, how to do it and, and why why to do it. And, and uh, they've been doing it for years. And, uh, so keeping things Keeping things sterile, washing hands, and, and keeping hands sanitized is second nature to uh, the medical fetish community already. Ah, so you guys were ahead of the curve. Were you washing yeah. for twenty seconds yeah. or what? We were we were prepared for the pandemic before the pandemic had even been thought of. Yeah. Wait. So how are they getting access to these fully equipped medical rooms, or are they just like slowly building them out because they have a fetish? Well, yeah. I mean, some of the uh, some of the the uh, dungeon facilities, like dungeons for hire, uh, will have a medical room. Um, so that'll be a, a room that is basically kitted out uh, like a doctor's office or doctor's surgery, um, and it'll have uh, often one of the gynecological chairs, um, and it'll have the uh, the equipment, and it'll have uh, all the all the hygiene applied to it that uh, a doctor's surgery would. And this is real medical equipment, or would they be considered props? It is, uh, for the most part, real medical equipment. Yeah, I mean, every, everything we sell on on our website is genuine medical grade equipment. It's exactly the same as the equipment that is used in hospitals and healthcare facilities all over the world. I have a quick, uh, a quick adjacent question about that. You mentioned briefly about safety, and, and it sounds like you guys are very meticulous about that. Are, because you're selling real medical equipment and real needles and things, are, are you subject to regulation? Like, you know, um, I assume uh, governments regulate how medicine and certainly medicine, but medical equipment moves through hospitals and such. Do you have to uh, deal with that stuff? They, they, they do, and there is some regulation. I mean, I mean, we, we items which are obviously available on prescription we can't and and don't sell we don't we don't offer those things um, but most of the uh, pieces of equipment you can use you uh, most of the time I'm, I'm not selling them to uh, uh, actual healthcare facilities um, so m- most of the things you can buy for your own personal use yeah I guess I don't I don't think about needles you know, coming home from the pharmacy, but uh, but I suppose people, you know, diabetics and things need to administer their own medication, right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and uh, and actually, quite a lot of uh, things people manage their own uh, healthcare needs at home, um, as well as uh, having treatment in actual medical facilities. We've talked a lot about needles, but I'm on your site and I'm seeing a lot of uh, speculum. I don't know if the plural, I suppose, is specula. I'm also seeing a dental gag. Can you tell us a little yeah. bit more about the other types of uh, role play or whatnot? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the uh, specula, or, or I think speculums, is, uh, is actually uh, also acceptable in English. Uh, you have the better accent, so I'll believe you. <laughs> <laughs> I actually prefer specula, personally, as a plural. But uh, yes, uh, used for gynecology, and uh, but also uh, we sell... Two different types of uh, rectal speculum for uh, backdoor, mm-hmm. and uh, several other, other different gynecological instruments, uh, and and many other medical surgical instruments in general, which are, again are, are generally going to be used for role play. They could be used to uh, attach or insert to various parts of the body, depending on uh, how sadistic the person who's using them is. The uh, dental gags actually very popular. Uh, they're generally not used um, in dentist surgeries these days, the, the steel dental gags, um, but they were in the past um, and uh, they're still uh, available and, and very popular because uh, they're quite visually, aesthetically uh, appealing or scary or both. <laughs> Okay, Justin, teach us, uh, what are the basic safety tips for medical play? Interestingly, the basic safety tips are probably all the ones that uh, the governments around the world are telling people 
to use at the moment. <laughs> um, keeping your hands clean is the primary thing always. We don't realise how we use our hands and how, how much we touch our faces and, and that kind of thing. And so the, the basics of keeping your hands clean and using gloves, um, certainly in, in most situations with medical play, you're, you're going to want to use gloves as well. As I said before, for many people, that will enhance the experience anyway. Um, but obviously, different things apply to different scenarios. Again, if you're talking about needles, you, you need to be aware of bleeding um, because there is sometimes some bleeding, normally very minor. Um, but you need to be aware of uh, at the more extreme end, it may go into shock. That's something that can happen. So, somebody who's, who's playing with these things and, and certainly at the more extreme end is going to want to have a good knowledge of how to deal with if something starts to go wrong which occasionally it can most of the time it won't and certainly if you're using small needles and, and using them correctly then you're not going to have any issues like that so are doctor's appointments weird for you? Because like we talked to a lunar, which is a guy with a balloon fetish and we asked if birthday parties were weird and he was like no they're fine but like I don't know I'm just wondering uh, yeah, I'd say the same. Doctors are, are fine. Dentists are fine. I, I find myself more um, sort of looking around and uh, eyeing different bits of equipment and thinking, <laughs> could I, do I sell that already? Could I sell that? Is that something I could add to the website? And interested in that kind of thing more than anything else, I think. Yeah. Has that like affected your fetish in a sense that like now you're like, oh, it's my job. You know what I mean? You know, like, you know, that Friends episode where Rachel's dating a gynecologist, gynecologist, and he's like, do you ever go to work? And when you get home, you're like, man, if I see one more cup of coffee. <laughs> uh, no, I wouldn't say it's got to that stage yet. Uh, you, you have to ask me again in five years time. But uh, no, it's. Uh... <laughs> I will call you in 2025. <laughs> so what when like you have a medical fe fetish and there's a pandemic you know what i mean like do you think the news is like sexy af right now yeah that's another that's a, another really good question uh it, there's nothing sexy about a global pandemic and and thousands of people dying that, i love that you're taking me seriously sure. though i appreciate <laughs> it so much but <laughs> it has it has been put to to put to us uh, uh we, we have had this conversation that people you know, some people might be getting off on certain elements of it. There are certainly people who like the idea of everybody wearing face masks. That's uh, mm. I've heard that said before, well before the pandemic. And are you guys taking advantage of the news right now? And I don't mean that in a bad way, but like apparently everyone's at home just like streaming porn, like Pornhub usage in general is through the roof. So like, are you guys taking advantage of that in any way? I mean, I think you should. <laughs> <laughs> and you know uh, like people being into masks or well uh like i said before we've uh sold most of our stock of masks and uh or all of our stock of masks and uh hand sanitizer and and that kind of thing that uh, uh we're certainly very busy with orders uh we we're getting uh a lot of orders uh, i mean our business has been growing year on year anyway but uh this year, it, it's certainly growing, growing hugely uh, at the moment. And again, whether that will continue or not, I'm not sure, but we'll, we'll see. Well, after your donation, I'm telling you, I agree with the tweets. It's hot as hell and everyone's going to be developing a medical fetish now. And I wish this for you. You deserve this business post-pandemic. Well, it's uh, yeah, at the moment we're we're selling a lot of our normal stock as well, in, including the uh, the needle kits we mentioned. I mean, I guess some people are at home streaming porn, and some people are at home opening up MedFet UK needle kits and getting to, getting to grips with those. So, uh, if people are using their time at home to uh, discover our products or make more use of our products, then uh, we're certainly not going to complain about that. That's a great thing. No, you heard it here. Go to go go to medfet.uk. Is that the right site? Go there right now, listeners. No, you medfetuk.com. <laughs> yeah, that one. That That's one. Okay. That one. Yeah, that one. <laughs> All right, Justin. Well, we're going to mosey on out of here, but we thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. This has been my dream. Well, uh, thank you. You're very welcome. 
I'd be so curious to know how big the community was and how much bigger it's getting now. And I I just wish there were easier ways to find that information. I'd be so curious to know how big those specula are, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Have you watched the coronavirus porn yet? <laughs> no, what's wrong with me? I gotta go watch. I know, I know. I'm gonna keep you checking. Sp- you say it like there's one, like it's one. Idea. I know, I know. <laughs> Have you watched it? The well, one. I think in my mind there is just one, but there are many. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're hoping there's only one, but there's many. You know what? I'm glad some people are getting some joy out of this. There's got to be a few silver linings to death and destruction. <laughs> yeah. I love that he answered all of our questions no problem when I was, you know, being myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He was lovely, very transparent, um, very helpful. You should all go order some needles now. Do you you have a major needle aversion? I did not know that about you. Yeah, no, needles and aliens. Don't want them. (laughs) Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, makes my skin crawl. Uh, (laughs) That interview filled me with joy. He was so lovely. I love that they're donating. I love that it, it, as I said, it was dirty and it was beautiful. Yeah. And it also just makes you wonder, like, what other organizations are being reached out to right now for medical supplies. Oh, yes. What do you think? Gosh, like, I don't know. Like, don't costume stores sell scrubs? I don't know. It's like probably random stuff like that. Hmm. (laughs) I I, I wonder if they're not, like, compliant or if they are. Right, right. Yeah, I have no idea. We should look into this. Yeah, like, who else wears a mask? I I don't know. Well, my brother actually had some. Bandits. Are they called? I know he mm-hmm. had the N95 masks. Is that what they're called? Mm-hmm. He had a few yeah. from when he was doing construction on. He renovated his home, oh, and right. so he already had a few. So I wonder, like, yeah, if construction workers have those right. that they can sure. give out. Yeah, sure. The Phantom of the Opera. I'm sure he was contacted. <laughs> yeah, that's another good one. He's a phantom. He's a little elusive. Yeah, <laughs> he's hard to get a, get a hard, hold hard to pin down. <laughs> Uh, uh, speaking of contacting people. Uh-huh. Oh. I miss human contact so much. Hey guys. Um, I, I guess I've been listening to you guys since the very beginning <gasps> of your podcast. And um, I've never like really commented or like tried to reach out to you guys just because like, Okay, I just listened to the parasocial episode, and you guys were like, call us or, like, talk to us if um, you feel like you're friends with us. And basically, I've just (laughs) never, like, reached out to you guys because while I'm listening to the podcast, I'm, like, you know, like, agreeing with you or, like, having conversation, like, with you, (laughs) like, while I'm working or whatever. And and then I just forget to, like, actually give you my comments and stuff. So, Mm -hmm. um... Yeah, I uh, love love what you guys do, um, and I feel like I'm right there with you. <laughs> so thank you. Oh, she sounds so lovely. I would love you to be your be friend. Our friend. Yeah, we need friends right now. We're so lonely. <laughs> I'm so lonely. <laughs> These always warm my cold, dead heart because in my mind, nobody's listening. <laughs> I know it's you just know. us. Yeah, and our Discord friends. <laughs> but if well, you thank are you. listening, patreon.com slash 2G1P. What? Yeah, no, I'm just amazed. Like, I, that's so brave to call in. And I'm so happy. Like, please, everybody keep calling. We love hearing from you. And I love that, like, somebody who's listened since the beginning just, like, suddenly decided after 100, 100 plus episodes that they were going to call. Um, you know, I have the same thing when I listen to other podcasts that I feel like I have a relationship with those people sometimes, too. But I never, I've never called. So call us. It's brave. It's welcome. We, we want it. Be the change you want to see. Exactly. In the podcast world. Yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> oh, yeah, shit. Hey, my name is Nicole Marie Wells. I live in Houston, Texas. And I actually have um, somewhat of a request for an episode. Um, I would really, really, really like to have an episode about ABDL porn stars. Um, I have a lot of questions that I can't seem to find answered anywhere, 
And I'm hoping that maybe because of the style of your podcast, you could maybe assist me in my query. Um, I would really um, enjoy that type of thing because the first episode I actually ever listened to was about you guys, of you, of your podcast, was of the ABDL episode. And I really want to know about ABDL porn stars and I can't find any information anywhere online. Uh, by the way, I am young. I'm not going to say my age because I don't want to die. But anyway, see ya. And also, I am dying inside because you guys are so awesome. And uh, uh, please don't stop making the podcast. Wash your hands. Stay inside. And please, please, please don't catch the corona and die. I need your podcast. Thank you. Bye. How old are you? I, I wasn't even thinking that until you said it. But now I'm like, are you like? 11 like oh should God, we be telling you about abdl board stars <laughs> I don't know. it's 9 59 a.m over here and my day is made 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 also props also to all the women john in. michael yes. right now to find out about porn stars we can interview he's the our guest from that abdl episode so yeah we will look into it i had oh. no idea that it was so hard to find omg 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 omga yeah. Thank you for calling. <laughs> and also for all the health warnings. <laughs> you always pronounce OMG phonetically when you yeah. see it. From now on, yeah. that better. Is, that's... Well, you say lol. Hello. <laughs> that's true. Oh, oh, oh my God. <laughs> all right. Well, I have one last question to wrap up this episode. Yeah. Matt, what's your safe word? <laughs> Uh, MedFet UK. <laughs> yeah. You're no fun. All right. <laughs> Take us home, Jen. We would love to hear from you as always. Any way you wish, um, you can always tweet at us. I don't know what we want to know from you this week. There's so many things. I think we've already asked you, like, how are you passing the time inside? A- Allie, what do you want to know? Do you know other organizations donating their medical supplies? Tweet at us. I'm at June Bugger, J-O-O-N Bugger. I'm at Allie Gold, A-L-L-I-G-O-L-D. You can email us at 2G1podcast at gmail.com. You can also text us and or leave us a voicemail. Please do. That number is 347-871-6548. That number again, 347-871-6548. And please join our Discord server, discord.gg slash 2G1P. Listeners of the show are all gathering there uh, to ask questions, uh, congregate with each other, commune, um, also suggest show topics, which is always so fun. So please do come there, discord.gg slash 2G1P. And Allie, what is the last thing we have to say? Last but certainly not least, it's a tough time for weirdos like us with all of our jobs falling apart. If you have been enjoying this podcast for some time, please visit visit patreon.com slash 2G1P and consider making a contribution. Even if you just donate a dollar or five dollars a month, it really helps us out. So we hope to hear from you soon and see you on patreon.com slash 2G1P. All right, everybody, stay safe. We'll see you next week. Jennifer Jamula and Allison Goldberg. Then inserted via specula, I mean produced and edited by Matt Silverman in New York City. Production assistance is provided by the Podglomerate. This show is a production of The Daily Dot, the number one source for in-depth reporting about life on the internet. The Podglomerate, a sonic universe. Mahuha's gonna get a disease. Omga.